From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. This is part three of our series on money and marriage, dealing with debt. And there's an anonymous quote that says, just because you can afford the payments doesn't mean that you can afford the item. We've been there. Oh, we have. And that's why we talk about all of these different types of money topics, including debt. But first, we start each show with a hug. And a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone in the one family who's maybe had that aha moment or had mm-hmm. breakthrough in their marriage. Yeah, yeah. And this week's hug is sponsored by Lola. And we're going to be sharing more about how they're helping you have exactly what you need in the bedroom a little bit later in the show. This wife wrote in and said, so I have to share that after listening to your podcast on what color is your underwear, and that mm-hmm. was episode uh, 470, so you can find that at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash 470. She said, I listened to that, plus I listened to Holy Underwear, which is episode 166. So we did that one years, years ago. Years ago. She said, I stopped on my way home from the gym and invested in some pretty undergarments. Oh, yay. I realized I needed to up the game by giving more than the multi-pack underwear. With him being on night shift, I sent him a sneak peek of the pattern. He said he couldn't wait to see them on me. Thank you both for being real and raw and helping me out of a fog that my undergarments don't matter. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Hey, sometimes it's just the quick little, hey, change of underwear could be the difference in like, wow, I'm ready for my spouse or I'm just sort of like, eh, whatever. Both husbands and wives. I've been there myself, so totally get it. Absolutely. And, and I love that she just took quick action, yeah. right? It doesn't have to be this monumental thing. You just do it. And that really becomes, you know, sort of that launching off point, just that taking action for this series that we're doing on looking at the role of money in marriage. And, and over the first couple of weeks, we've talked about bringing your finances together and having those money conversations. And what we've found in our own marriage and, and just from talking to those in the one family, that one of the toughest areas Mm-hmm. And it's actually the topic for today's show is debt mm-hmm. and, and dealing with debt. And debt is so prevalent in our culture, right? We're marketed to from a very, very early age that if you want something, you should be able to have it regardless of whether or not you can afford it, mm-hmm. right? I don't know how many credit card offers you can get in the mail or you watch the credit card commercials or, or you know, there's financing for this or financing for that. And we asked the one family, you know, did you bring debt into your marriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 47% of you said yes. And we're in that boat. Oh, totally are. We, Tony and I were long distance the first year that we were dating and we brought all kinds of credit card debt, student debt. Uh, I think there was probably an auto loan. Yeah. I had the auto loan on uh, the, gosh, back then it was on the truck, the Nissan truck. Yeah. It would have been on the truck. And then we, then we ended up trading that one in and got into like some Corolla, Toyota Corolla lease, lease, Corolla. Mm -hmm. which was a oof, bad decision. That was the one and only time I ever had a lease. We, we've done all kinds of debt. And you know the top three forms of debt in the one family are student loans. That's about 36% of the debt that you know you, those of you that have debt mm-hmm. are carrying. The next is auto loans at 28%. Okay. And then credit cards. And then there's other debt that you know maybe medical or personal loans or taxes. But 9% of you said that you have no debt. Which is awesome. You're debt free. And it's not just 
you know, as we look at the debt and the different types, credit cards, student loans, auto loans, things like that, it's not just that we have debt collectively, but it's the amount of debt that we're carrying. And, and I asked, and you know, I have to tell you guys, just as a side note, we love that because we're so transparent behind these microphones that you all will be transparent with us when we ask questions. Yeah. That's truly a gift. And, and what I learned from the one family is that the average amount of debt that we're carrying collectively in the family is $41,702. And that does not include mortgage. Correct. And the, in the statistic above, when we were talking the breakdown of percentage, that also does not include a mortgage as well. Correct. Because the, you know, the thing with mortgages is that they vary widely mm-hmm. from, you know, different geographical parts of the country. I mean, we live in San Diego. We know that what we, you know, would spend money on here is, is a fraction of the cost in some other parts of the country. Yeah. You know, every time we travel, we're like, oh, so that's what we could get if we were, you know, somewhere else. And then we have our friends though, who are in say a San Francisco mm-hmm. or maybe a New York city, which is even uh, above us and right. in even parts of LA and certain enclaves around the country. So we did, we do want you to know we did strip out that piece. And, and you know, as we look at debt, you know, Tony mentioned it at the beginning and when we both kind of just talked about here in just these first few minutes, but we've been there, right? We've had the collectors calling us. Mm-hmm. We've had those letters show up in the mail saying you owe us money. Oh, and you're past due by six months. Or more, mm-hmm. or more. We've you know had the sleepless nights due to debt. We've lost our home. We've been through fights over how money is being spent or saved or not saved because there was no money to save, and and you know moments when we wanted to spend but couldn't. Or it was put on credit cards mm-hmm. for a later date, which you know goes back to the the quote this week, which is. You know, just because you can afford the payment doesn't mean that you can afford the item. So there were times in our marriage when, hey, we could afford that credit card payment. Mm-hmm. We, we would look at it and this is, you know, when we were young marrieds, we could look at those and go, oh, well, we can afford that. I remember there was a season when we were, we were backpacking a lot <sighs> and just loved that backpacking. And my goodness, that beautiful place called REI was a haven of just so much backpacking and hiking. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, going in there and, and, oh, we can afford that payment with where we were in our jobs. And sure, let's get that $200 backpack or that $300 tent or that, you know, we're going to just make the payments. And yet all of those decisions, which we really couldn't afford at the time. And those items were just put on a credit card for a later day. Mm-hmm. And that really gets to the heart that debt whether it's your individual debt that you've brought into marriage or debt that the two of you have acquired as a couple, debt is a weight, mm-hmm. right? It is a burden that you carry. And as many of you were describing what that felt like in your responses to us, it was described as a rope around my neck, a weight on my chest or on my, my shoulders. You talked about it being stressful, a burden, feeling enslaved. And so often we just think about, you know, the debt that whether it's a student loan or a credit card or auto loan or whatever, we're just like, oh, well, that's just that thing, right? It's just like, we need the car, we need this, but we don't ever stop as a couple. And I know that Tony and I did not do this early in our marriage. We don't ever stop and think, how is this, what is going to be the cost to the different intimacies in our marriage? And one other thing I don't think we, we 
brought up yet was borrowing, and we didn't even mention it here, borrowing from family. Mm, that falls into the personal loans for a lot of people. Yeah, but I, I, I think we think of those as a personal loan. Mm-hmm. Is it necessarily a personal loan from a family member? Because that, I will tell you, that is a debt that holds so much more than just a credit card company that's in La La Land, mm-hmm. and and most of them wherever they're located in North Dakota, there, <laughs> you you know that's them. But when you are borrowing from a family member, a close friend, that that brings up a lot of emotion, and it just it reminded me of Proverbs twenty two seven: the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Mm-hmm. And I really there was a time when we borrowed some money from my folks, and. I remember those Thanksgivings Mm -hmm. and just the, ah, I am the borrower and my dad who's here, who's loaned us that money, even though he may not have had any inkling of it, I felt that. Mm -hmm. And so just as a, as a heads up, it's like the borrower is servant to the lender. And I just thought of that in that relational style, Um, but it also comes from those credit cards, those personal loans, Mm -hmm. car loans and et cetera. Well, and you talk about the emotions because that's one of the biggest areas where it takes a toll on intimacy mm-hmm. in marriage because it may be the, the emotional intimacy, the connection that you have with your, your parents or whoever you've borrowed the money from, but it also has an impact on that emotional intimacy between you and your spouse Sure. because there's tension in the conversations. It may keep you from having conversations, right? The words that you choose to use because you're stressed may not they may not foster closeness, mm-hmm. right? We've said those hurtful words when the finances have been out of whack, when we're feeling stressed. So, so there's an impact on the emotional and, and that really impacts the financial intimacy as well. Yeah. Right. When, when you're feeling stressed about money, it becomes harder to be intimate about money. Yes. True. So, so those get impacted. It stresses your physical and your sexual intimacy because for a lot of folks, fear and worry and, and security around money makes makes it very challenging or difficult to be sexually intimate. Mm-hmm. Getting vulnerable in those moments. Because you're so racked with worry or fear or the insecurity, like I said, that you can't relax enough mm-hmm. to have sex. And yet for your spouse, it may actually be like, that's the one thing that actually does relax them. Mm-hmm. And so you have this you have this tug of war, this push-pull around your sexual intimacy, your physical intimacy. You don't even want to hug or kiss because you're, you're just racked with stress. And, and so you're in this place. It can stop your recreational intimacy. When, when you're dealing with debt, when you're dealing with this financial struggle, you may say, we don't have money for that, right? We don't have money for date nights. We don't have money for a coffee. We don't have money to go out to eat. We don't have money. And so it puts this, this block on actually fostering the ability to do things. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want you to know, you can do dates for free. And have it still count as a date. Like that's just a little aside. There are lots of ways to connect with your spouse from a recreationally intimate uh, viewpoint that will allow you to still have that. And you don't have to spend money. Heck, a walk and talk costs you nothing. Go bring your own drink with you. Go fill up a water bottle of water or whatever you got in the house and and go for a walk and talk. I mean, for us, that's been one of the, the biggest ways for us to be in our in that recreational intimacy mm-hmm. with no cost. And we can do that every week with nothing. So you may have, you know, bikes that you guys go out on. You may have some other activities. You may go, you know, whatever it may be, but that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And, and if you've got 
food in the refrigerator, pack it up and go have a picnic. Even if you have a picnic in your living room, you can still create a date out of that Mm -hmm. because you've already got it. You don't have to go spend additional money. It can also, debt can also impact your spiritual intimacy. Mm -hmm. It, It can put a freeze on that because you may be in a place where you feel like God is not hearing your prayers or God's not answering your prayers or you're sending your why us Mm-hmm. up to God. And so, so your spiritual intimacy, whether it's between you and God or between you and your spouse can also feel like there's a ceiling on it mm-hmm. because you're just, you feel stuck. Yeah. You know, all of those things that I talked about, you know, it, and when we're in this place where we're dealing with disconnecting the intimacies and we're dealing with, you know, feeling like there's a burden or, or we're enslaved, you react in different ways, right? For some of you, and I want to be real clear that that just because you're married to your spouse doesn't mean that they're going to react in the exact same way that you do. Just because you share a last name and you share a bed and you share all these other things doesn't mean that debt is going to impact you or, or manifest itself in the same way. Right. You're different people. I know it comes as a shock, but you are different. You know, cause some of you will withdraw. You're just going to kind of like pull into your shell. I'm like, a, like you can imagine a turtle right? Just like, I'm going to pull in. I've got this hard shell around me and I'm just going to like, I'm just going to ignore everything until it goes away. Mm-hmm. Some of you are just going to ignore the problem. You may go about, you may still be interacting with your spouse, but anytime finances come up, you're like, so let's talk about the weather. Let's talk about my mom. Let's talk about anything else. But what we're dealing with in our finances and specifically what we're talking about in this part is the debt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of you are going to get angry, right? You're going to look like a porcupine or a volcano because your spouse is going to say, Hey, we need to have a conversation about money. We need to have a conversation about the debt or, or a bill comes or a collector calls or whatever it is. And you just erupt like nobody's business. And you know, it's anger is one of those really interesting emotions because anger usually has a root somewhere else, Mm -hmm. right? It could be fear. It could be pain. It could be insecurity, but there's something else that usually causes us to go to anger because anger feels safer Mm. as an emotion because we don't have to get so vulnerable if we're just angry. It's like a wall that gets put up. And some of you will go into this place where you're just operating out of fear all the time. It it almost makes you skittish. Like everything is about a what if and, and I don't know. And, and you almost, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and they were in a place of, of fear and uncertainty. And it was like the whole conversation, they're starting to hyperventilate, right? And it's just this amp mm. up. And you can, you know, when you're talking to somebody that's in this like high state of stress, cause you're just like, okay, like slow down, take a deep breath. Everything is, is in this place of anxiety and fear and stress. And the two of you were not meant, you were not designed to live an indebted life. Right. There's nothing that says, you know, like Tony read in that passage that the the borrower's servant to the lender. Right. Just because society operates that way doesn't doesn't mean that the like you have to. Right. And we're gonna give you some ways here in a little bit on how you can start mm-hmm. taking those steps so you don't live in a state of what ifs or a state of stress or anxiety. And I wanna even say with those, you may feel all of them. You may only deal with one of them. Mm -hmm. It may be, you know, times of tension where you do withdraw. You know, you're going to have to really start checking yourself if you're going to move forward. And I think right now what we want you to really think about is the emotional state you're in. Because then we're going to start giving you how to be intentional and and take the action. 
And yet first you got to know what state you're in Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with your debt. Yeah. I just said that you weren't designed to be indebted for life, but I just want to share this interesting statistic that Tony found. The Washington post had put this article up that actually said that millennials are now taking out loans to pay for their weddings and that 20% of those that have taken out these loans to pay for their weddings admit that they'll probably die before paying off this particular loan. Like, just let that sit for a second. Taking Taking out a loan to pay for your wedding and having the anticipation or the understanding that you're probably going to die before that loan gets paid off. Don't get the loan. At that point in time, don't get the loan. It's not worth it. Have a smaller wedding. Enjoy it because I will tell you that it is so much better to eat that cake on your wedding day knowing you have nothing on top of you in sense of like having to pay off your wedding. You know, it's it's so much more enjoyable mm-hmm. to enjoy to have that day. And just as a side note, for all of you that are dating or engaged listening to the show, your wedding day is one day. Mm-hmm. It's one day. It's probably somewhere between six and eight hours actually. And your marriage is the rest of your life. So plan accordingly. Like we love going to weddings and we love seeing all the celebrations, but plan accordingly because it's one day versus the rest of your life. And you, piggybacking on that, there was a 2017 experience study Okay. that said you know, and experience all the credit bureaus if you haven't heard of them before. But 59% of folks said that finances played somewhat of a role in their divorce. Whereas 20% said it played a big role. So of that 59%, 20% said it was a, it was a big role mm-hmm. or 20% on top of that? Oh, you know what? I'd have to go back to the article. Okay. But even so, 59, say 60% of folks who've uh, filed for divorce said it was finances played somewhat of a role. That's so that's a substantial number. Yeah. Right? We we've got to take we've got to take a hold of the debt that we have and, and use use where we're at as a launching off point to get on the same page. Mm-hmm. Right? So often debt becomes this tug of war. Well, that's you or that's how you're spending or that's, you know, that's your issue. Instead of looking at how do we do this together? How do we get onto the same page? How do we become a team? And we want to share around this. At first, we want to thank this week's sponsor, Lola. And Lola is a female-founded company that offers a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners. But more importantly, for our one family, they now offer sex products too. The Sex by Lola line is available for subscription. And I love this because you can add it to your period subscription, but you can get it all conveniently delivered to your front door on your ideal schedule. So it doesn't matter if you need the organic tampons, pads, or liners, or if you want to add condoms or lubricant, you get what you need when you want it. Yeah. And honestly, I've, and we don't need to use the condoms because Elisa got her tubes tied many years ago, but they sent us some because I wanted to try them. And I will tell you, these things were great. We love the lubricant that they shared as well. So between either, hey, if you need some um, protection Mm -hmm. or you just want something to help you guys out in the romance department, either one of those, condoms or lubricant, they're awesome. Absolutely. And for every purchase, Lola donates feminine products to homeless shelters across the U.S. So not only are you taking care of yourself, but you're doing good for others as well. So for 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter OEM when you subscribe. Again, that's 40% off all subscriptions when you visit mylola.com and enter OEM. Let's take a look. 
right? I told you guys, you know, early in the show that, you know, the one family has about 41,000 on average, about $41,000 on debt. And, and you need to know what your number is. And so when Elisa and I did this many years ago, I want to say it was probably, what? Um, uh, 2016, what? 16 years. Yeah, it was probably 16, 17 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, yeah Somewhere around there. Um, when we pulled all of our debt together, it was hovering right around that 50,000 point. Mm-hmm. So if you take that into today's dollar, it's probably more like 62-ish, 65,000, I would bet. Okay. I didn't actually look that up, so I'll take your... I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I, can, I can look it up, but I, I'm pretty sure our, the last our debt time adjusted. I uh, but you got to know what you have. I mean, there were people that actually responded to our questions that says uh, that said, I don't know how much we have in total. You got to know what your number is, right? It's kind of like we tell you, you know, how often do you want to have sex during a week? You got to know your number and you got to know where that debt is. Is it student loans? Is it credit cards? Is it the auto loan, personal loans? Do you owe money to mom or dad or your sister or your cousin? You know, where, who do you owe? And you also need to know your terms. Oh, Tony just found the number. What is All it? All right. So 50,000 and 2,000, which is where we're just sort of going basing off of, is $72,900 in today's dollar. Wow. We, we were doing some damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel better to know that that's all paid off uh, because we, we didn't know the terms, right? Like I was just saying, you need to know the terms. Like how long is it going to take you to actually pay this debt off? And I just, I hopped onto bankrate.com because I was just curious, you know, this 41,000. And if you, I just did a few assumptions on it, but if you were assuming the interest rate was at 18%, right, which is credit card interest rates right in there, and you paid it over 10 years, that 41,000 is going to end up being $88,651 when you factor in all the interest. So you're going to pay double. So do you really need that item? That's, I think that's the big thing when you're looking at that item and, because what we're assuming at this point in time, you, you have some debt on you. There, there's some debt mm-hmm. that you have in your family and that you're working through. Is the item today worth it or is it better to hold off, pay off the debt mm-hmm. and save up for that item? Like actually save cash, right. put it aside. Elisa and I still do that with our own income and our own finances is we, if we want something, we're going to save for it. If we're going to go for a vacation, we're going to save for that. We're not putting it on a credit card to then deal with it when we come back. And, and sometimes, sometimes we have to adjust our expectations of the vacation we're going to go on because we were unable to hit the mark that we wanted to, to go on that trip. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, when you look at that thing, are you willing to pay, are you willing to pay double for what it is that you're buying? Mm-hmm. Right. Not just do you need it, but are you willing, like if you look at the price tag and it says $500, are you willing, if you're not paying off that credit card every month, are you willing to spend a thousand dollars for that same item? Does it make sense? Do you have a vision for what it would feel like and be like to be debt free? Right. Do, do you have a sense of what I, I asked you all, like, what would it feel like to not have debt? And there were answers like it would be unbelievable. It would be awesome, amazing, life-changing, liberating. I I can't even, some person said, I can't even imagine what that would be like. But the number one answer, you guys, the number one answer that came up time and time and time again, I can't even tell you how many times it came up, was a variation on the word free or freedom. That's what people associate with being, with not having debt is freedom. And what can you do in your marriage? What changes when you have that freedom? Mm -hmm. I will tell you, there's a lot. 
it's a game like all those intimacies that I mentioned being impacted by having the debt. Guess what? They get to flourish when you're not under the burden of debt. So here's the key here because it's it, and I hey, human as well. So there are times when you can get super excited about something and then two weeks later it's done. And so one of the things here with this vision of what it would feel like, you need to write down those words on a card. You need to write a vision statement, a, a sentence or two that you are constantly able to remind yourselves of what it's going to be. Because guess what? It's going to be a journey to get through this. You're not going to say, I want to get debt, be debt free and you're holding 41000 and tomorrow you're done. It's probably going to be some sort of journey depending on your income, depending on what you're willing to set aside for a period of time. It could be a year or two years. It could be a little bit more depending on what life circumstances become and happen along the way. You know, are you setting up your emergency fund? What are you doing? Are there some emergencies that happen that cause you to have to take a step back? But I, I believe that most of the time we fail in reaching our goal is because we put up a vision in our head, but we don't have it plastered somewhere. I love our church because every beginning of the year, we have Vision Sunday. And it's a day that we get to dream again. We get to put out visions of what we want to do in our lives, be it accumulate savings, be it, you know, get rid of debt, get rid of, you know, um, a cancer prognosis, whatever it is. And we write that down and then we stick it. And Lisa and I, anyways, we stick it right there on our bathroom mirror mm -hmm. and it's there and we see it. And I believe that for many of us, it's in our head. And yet we haven't really put that vision down mm -hmm. to say, this is my stake in the claim and together saying, this is what we're going to do. And then you get practical, right? Because when you have that vision, then you can start taking steps. Maybe for you guys, it's going to be a debt consolidation. Like you're going to look at all your debt and you're going to say, you know what? We need to put this all together and we need one payment so that we can attack this. Personally, I'm not into those. We, we, we did it in the past. I personally would not do it again. That's just my It's opinion. out there. I know. I, I know you want to give different options. I'm just saying from my standpoint, it's probably not what I would do again. Mm -hmm. Consider cutting up your credit cards. Yeah, we had to do right? that. Stop using them. Right. Sometimes you just have to stop mm -hmm. using that thing, which is opening the door to bringing stress into your marriage. Mm -hmm. it, it, it sounds very simplistic, but sometimes simple is just what the two of you need. You know, Tony mentioned a few a few steps over there, like having an emergency fund and and you know credit cards. You that, know, the debt snowball, the debt snowball, and things like that. That yeah. was all stuff that we learned from Dave Ramsey and financial peace. Mm -hmm. Right. We we went through that book. It's available in our Amazon shop. You know, we we've you know we've done that and that's how we got out of where we were. Yeah. And I, I believe the debt snowball was the, the biggest one because with debt consolidation, here's, here's the shift. Debt consolidation was, all right, we're going to take all this money and we're going to just put it on one thing, one payment. So there was no momentum. It was just like, I'm just making a payment every month. But with the debt snowball, what I loved about that was you, we went from smallest debt to biggest debt. And we got the momentum going mm -hmm. quick. So there were some like credit cards, like uh, I don't know what couple hundred dollars department. Yeah. yeah, the department store ones. You know, couple hundred dollars here or there. But we could knock those out quick, and all of a sudden we had victory. Mm -hmm. We 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 were like right on. Like we won this game. Like we beat that one down. What's the next one? All right. Well, the next one's a thousand. 
okay, let's get on it. Like, here we go. We're going to, we're going to start tackling that thousand. And what are we doing? Like we're finding quarters and, 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 you know, we're doing some things that we wouldn't normally do. Like we would just make sure we were eating in, mm-hmm. y- you know, we, we ate rice and beans. We, we, we went a little cheap on where we were going to eat because we realized that $20 to go out for dinner was a lot when we had a thousand dollar debt that we were looking at and we wanted to crush. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. It was like, we're going to crush this thing. So as fast as we could, let's get that thing down. So I love the debt snowball and what Dave Ramsey and his team do there. And for some of you, you may need to consider getting help so that you can get into that place of freedom so that you can give your marriage that breath of fresh air and just the, the release of all of that. And you know, you've got to remember that getting debt free, getting to the place where you have a handle on your finances, isn't just about the money. It's about the emotional connection and all of the intimacies that you can impact by making that decision. Yeah. And we're believing as we go through this series, you guys, the money and marriage series that you are going to take this one and really take it to heart and, and get rid of your debt. You're going to have that conversation like we talked about last week, but this week is now we're going in and we're going to, we're going to pinpoint in an area that we need to just get off. So we are no longer servant to the lender. Next week is our part four on money and marriage. And we're going to discuss the side hustle because this is the area where you can start propelling yourself and the money you're making, the income you're bringing in so we can then tackle that debt. It's going to be for a short period of time, and yet it could do a ton for your marriage. We love you guys. We're excited to hear how you're going to tackle debt and and finances in your marriage. So let us know. You can send us a hug to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.